You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Okay, so we, we, we got a great story in the Bible. Uh, it's a true story. It's an awesome story. It's a, a challenging story, and it's in the life of Jesus. It's uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22, and I'm going to relate it to you instead of us reading it. You can read it. The link is in the sermon notes where Brent told you to go earlier, okay? So Jesus one day has this uh, rich young man come to him, and uh, he, says, uh, he says, Jesus, what, what good deed? Okay, listen, and he's, he's already in this focus of good deeds. What good deed can I do so that I can have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, uh, you know, keep the commandments, you know, and so he lists six of the, you know, the Ten Commandments, he lists six of them just real quick, da 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 da, da over, and he says, keep those, you know, and, and you'll have eternal life. Now, this was before Jesus died, so we're not yet in the dispensation of grace, so I mean, that's all they've got is they've got the law. So he says, keep these, and so, so this guy, you know, he's, he wants to press a little bit because that almost seems like not a full answer. So, but, but what else do I lack? Because I've kept all of these since I was a young boy. And Jesus said, if you want to be complete, sell everything you've got, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. And this rich young guy said, what? <laughs> no, no, not exactly, right? But I mean, I could see him just like, what? That's not what, that wasn't what I was expecting, right? Just like, maybe you didn't expect to say amen to God challenge us today. You know, that, that, that wasn't what I, what I was expecting. And the last part of that story says that he went away very sad because he had a lot of possessions. Okay, now, I've, I've preached from this a whole lot of times uh, in, in the years that I've been a pastor, minister, and, and, and I've heard a lot of sermons on it, and I've, I've heard a lot of conjecture about, okay, so does that mean that we've all got to sell all of our stuff? Well, no. I mean, that wasn't Jesus' message, was it? I mean, do, do you recall him ever preaching that sermon? Sell everything you've got? He, he didn't say this to the masses. He said it to one person that said, I've done all this, but I want to do more. And he said, okay, here's the more. <laughs> you, you know, be careful what you ask for sometimes, right? I want to do more. And so he told him. So it was a message to him to sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then you'll have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. If you want to be complete. If you want to be complete. So that's not a message necessarily to me and you that we've got to go home and sell everything we've got and give it all away to the poor. That's, that's not the message. What is the message then? You know, this, this, um, this parable kind of, you know, it's, it's like um, the big deal is this, I think, to me and you, is that life is not about amassing everything you can gather. It's not about getting all the stuff, you know, or like they used to say, get all you can and can all that you get, you know, can it up, don't let it out. That's not what life is about. And being a Christian is definitely not about that, about amassing everything, but being a Christian. Because here's the message that, that, okay, Jesus told this young man that had a lot of stuff, he told him this, this, but here's the message behind what he told him to do. Is he said, and this is for all of us, okay? This is for you, okay? Maybe not sell everything, go, you know, and, and hit the road, you know, as an evangelist, but here's the, here's what he was saying behind all of that, that is a message for every one of us. 
empty yourself. Bless someone else and follow Jesus. That's the real message that's there in those verses, in that story, this true story. Empty yourself. It's not about me. I wore this shirt on purpose. I didn't just now remember that it was, that it was down there, right? It's not about me. Empty yourself. Bless someone else and follow me. This past Friday, two days ago, you know, I, I'm, I, I know I've, I've got this sermon, and two days ago I, I, I saw a, a Facebook memory, something that I posted 10 years ago this past Friday. And so, no, and it was, it was about this story right here. And uh, no doubt I probably had preached that Sunday before on this story, and that's why this was still in my mind, and I posted this on Facebook, and I thought, I've got to share this because it really wraps it up. Uh, this is from September 3rd, uh, what, uh, 2011. Perhaps the point of the story of the rich young man who couldn't follow Jesus is whatever separates you from helping others is what also separates you from God. See, that's... that's what he was telling the young man is this is this is what's keeping you from being a blessing to everybody else and that's what's keeping you from inheriting eternal life you know so may, maybe for you it's not that you've got a lot of money because uh, you don't have a lot of money but maybe you've got something else and so you and I we need to ask this question what is it that what is it that that we allow to keep us from blessing someone else because that's probably going to be the same thing that keeps us separated from God like, you know, I, th I think one of the big deals these days is time. Man, time. Is it, anybody got too much time on their hands? I mean, anybody? Uh, because I got plenty that you could come help me do if you do, right? And, and I'm not the only person. Uh, you know, there are plenty of people sitting right here around you. They've got, they've got to-do lists that are packed full. And, and if you've got plenty of time on your hands, I'm sure we can find you some things to do. And it's a time thing. And, 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 and we, just, we, just, we just don't have time. Or the patience, maybe. I, I, I think, true confession here right now, okay? Mine is the patience. Now, I've said this many times. I'm not called to be a counselor. If you ask me to, be, you ask me to counsel with you, I'll meet with you a time or two, but I'm going to send you to somebody else because I'm going to give you some ideas. Here's what you need to do, and the next time we meet, I'm going to say, you know, if you, don't, if you haven't done those things, I'm going to say, wait, wait, you hadn't done what I told you to do. Like, just go do that and then come back. I mean, you know, because, yeah, I'd say that patience is one of my things. Is like, you know, it's kind of like wanting to bless somebody and uh, I see all these other things that they're doing that's destroying and, you know, I'm trying to pour into their life and they're destroying it. And I'm like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't have the patience to stick with that, you know. And if we're not careful, the things that separate us from serving others could separate me from serving God. So we've got to be careful with that. So what... what Whatever it is, what, what is it that if God spoke to you right now and reminded you of someone that needed you this afternoon, what is it that would keep you from doing that? Because if that's true, then whatever's keeping you from serving somebody this afternoon may be keeping you from being, and you may be saying, I, I just need to really get somewhere with God. You may be like this rich young man that says, I, I've done all this, but I'm just not there yet, and why can't I get there? This one little thing that keeps you from serving someone else. You know, you got a roasting crock pot, I gotta hurry home and take care of that, right? And those kind of, and be careful what you ask for. You know, this past week, um, I'm, I'm, a lot of times I tell people, please let me know if you need anything. And this past week, 
it came back to bite me. Y'all know what I mean? <laughs> when you tell somebody, if I can help you, let me know. And I, ha I had a couple opportunities this week came back to bite me. Now, I say that because I, I say that like, be careful what you ask for. But at the same time, it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I wanted to do. I needed, I needed to do something besides just this. So I needed to do something besides just prepare a sermon. I needed to do something. I needed to I needed to get my hands dirty. I needed, to, I needed to sweat. I needed to go home and have to change shirts. I, I needed to do some of that. And so I asked, and the opportunity was there. What's the thing that would keep you this afternoon from helping somebody? But that's, that's what we got to be careful of. Because every person in your life, every single one, everybody around you has needs. Now, there are physical needs and mental and emotional needs, spiritual needs, because we are a triune being. We are body, soul, and spirit. But everybody around you has a, the person sitting right in front of you, look at the back of their head, you know? And I don't mean they just need Rogaine or something for their, you know, I, I bet every person in this room has a need of something. The people that you live with, they have a need of something. And you know what? Maybe, maybe they've got plenty of money and food and life. They don't need that, but they're, they're hurting in one of these other areas. And here's the thing. When you start hurting enough in one of those areas, it starts impacting all those other areas as well. And a lot of us, I, I think that's one of the things that COVID has done for us. Is over the past year, the COVID and the quarantines and all this other stuff that's going on with it, has enabled us to really see what's really down deep inside of us. And, 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 and maybe, maybe instead of feeling really good about ourselves, we've realized, man, this is where I'm hurting. You know, there's not a person in this room, there's not a person in your life that isn't hurting and doesn't need you today. And so think, think, what is it that would keep me from doing something? Let me take you to another story. Um, you see, the, the Jews had gotten to the place where the law, the Old Testament law, they didn't have all this awesome grace stuff that you and I have faith, that you and I get to preach about. They just had the Old Testament law. And they got to the place where it, it, it kind of was just an empty set of rules, just a list of do this and don't do this and do this and don't do this. But then Jesus kind of fleshes it out for us completely. The Old Testament just seemed to be a, you know, you got to do, you know, and sometimes I don't even know why we're doing this. I don't know why we can't eat pork. You know, the Jews might say, I don't know why we can't eat pork. And so it became just a list of rules. And what happened with a lot of Jews, back in the days of Jesus, we see this in some of the interactions he has, is that they kind of got to the place where if I go to the temple and I take an offering with me, I'm a good Jew. But that's all it came to be. They're not even Christians like there, are there? Not any of us, that if I go to church and I take an offering with me, I'm a good Christian. Jesus fleshes it out for us in another story in Luke chapter 10. Now, this one, I told you the other one was true because I wanted you to know, it actually was a real life event in the life of Jesus. This one is a parable. Now, here's why this is important. Uh, because when you tell a parable as an example, you give somebody an example, you get to make up all the details, Right? And so as Jesus is making up this story, if he says that he was a tall man, that's going to be important somewhere in the story. Or if he says she had long blonde hair, that's going to be important in the story. So Jesus is telling us this parable and, and all, every detail in the story. So we don't have time to go into all those details, all right? But all the details are important because Jesus is making them up to prove his point, okay? So here's, here's the story. You know, it begins a lot like 
the one I just told you a few minutes ago that actually happened in the life of Jesus. But this was, uh, this was a guy who, who knew Scripture, Old Testament, the old law and all that, came to Jesus and wanted to trip him up. Wanted, it was testing him, seeing if he could make him make a mistake in some way. And so he said, so he, he asked him, he said, he said uh, what can I do to inherit eternal life? See, it starts out about the same way as the other one did. What can I do to inherit eternal life? And uh, Jesus says, uh, well, what, what does Moses say? You know the law. What did Moses say? And so he, he says uh, kind of the two greatest commandments and how everything kind of fits under there. He spoke those. Jesus said, yes, that's right. Do that and you'll live. And so this guy, he said, I can't leave it right here like that, you know. I, I got to prove myself that I know more than just those two things. And he, he said, uh, so, so Jesus asked him, he says, well, what, uh, he said, and the second thing, the second of the, great, of the greatest commandments was to love your neighbors yourself. And so this guy says, um, well, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus tells the story. And it's a story you and I call the Good Samaritan. Maybe you've heard of it, okay? The Good Samaritan. And uh, so Jesus starts telling this story. All these details are important. He says, a Jew, okay? This is important. There, it's a Jewish man. He's on the road between Jerusalem and Jericho. Now, that's important because uh, that's like a normal route that religious people take, Okay? So there's this Jew, and he's traveling this, and he falls among bandits. Bandits overtake him. They, they beat him up. They take his stuff, and they leave him half dead on the side of the road. And in just a little while, a priest comes by, and then a servant in the temple, kind of like, you know, like maybe a worship leader or, or someone teaching kids. That's what, how we would relate it today. But a, a, a leader at the temple comes by as well. So, so a priest and a Levite come by. Now, the guy's dead on the side of the road, and they come by. Now, the, it says the priest just passes by on this side, but the Levite, he kind of goes over and looks at him. You know, he's one of those people that's my pet peeve in Alabama, you know, the, the, the people that slow down all the traffic on the interstate because i got to slow down and see what this looks like over here, right? You don't, you don't know those, right? right? And it stops everything going on, and, and, and all it is is we just got a rubberneck and see what's going on. And, and so he kind of looks at it, and then he decides he'll pass by on the other side. Wow. I mean, now, Jesus has picked these two people. A priest, you know, today we'd say a preacher, a pastor, and a Levite, somebody who works at the church, who is involved in ministry and all that. But for some reason, they don't help the man. We wouldn't do that, would we? No, I know what we'd do, right? We'd go over there and say, man, that looks really bad. What's your name? And I'm going to post that to Facebook. And maybe some people will pray for you, right? That, or, or we'd say, man, that looks really bad, and I hope you get better, and I'm going to be praying for you. And maybe never remember to pray again, right? I mean, we wouldn't do that, would we? but that's what they did. And then a Samaritan comes by in Jesus' story that he's telling, and the Samaritans, they were the anti-Jew. I mean, they were they were against one another. Jews and Samaritans hated one another. Uh, one of the translations of the Bible actually uses the word despised. A despised Samaritan came by. You know, so, uh, and, and okay, this would, be like, this would be like the day after the Iron Bowl and Auburn beats Alabama and there's an Auburn fan laying there and an Alabama fan walks by and says, <laughs> yeah, look at you, right? And it goes on by, you know, okay? But even worse than that, all right? It'd be more, it'd maybe more like a Democrat and a Republican, you know, or, or a progressive and a conservative, or, you know, and we could go on and on because we got all kinds of things that we get mad at people over that really don't matter one hill of beans. 
But for some reason, they couldn't come together. But Jesus said a despised Samaritan came by, and he went, and he took care of the man. Now, I don't have time. When I preach this, about this, just this, I really like to get into all the stuff that he did and how, how amazing it is. And it's really a great story, and you can read it. Again, the link is in the sermon notes. But he took care of him. He, 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 he gave him medical attention the best he could in those days. He put him on his own donkey because they had stolen his donkey, and he carried him to an inn, and he took care of him there at the inn. Must have taken care of him all, all night because the next day he gets up and he gives two silver coins to the owner of the inn and says, take care of him, and if it costs more than these two silver coins, when I come back through, I'll pay for that as well. And so now Jesus said to the man that is asking him the question, he's telling all this story, and he said, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story, he says, now, of these three that passed by, who was the neighbor to the man that fell among bandits? And the guy said, of course, the, the neighbor is the Samaritan that helped him. He probably didn't even like saying that, you know, because it'd be like somebody saying, it, it was my enemy that helped my own flesh and blood, another Jew. He probably didn't even like saying it, but Jesus made him say it. Mm. Maybe Jesus... Sometimes does have just a little bit of a sense of humor in the way he kind of arranges things in our life and puts us in places where we have to do, oh, I, I got to hurry with that, okay. So the, but here, here's the big deal. The question was that came out to Jesus was, who is my neighbor? But the answer, Jesus didn't answer that question. The answer was who you're supposed to be a neighbor to. You know, because... And, and, Bring me that next point up, if you will, Krista. The real question should be, who am I supposed to be a neighbor to? You see, he was asking, okay, think about it this way. He was asking, like, who do I have to be a neighbor to? That's what he was saying. Which of these people out here am I going to have to do this for then, Jesus? Am I going to have to love as myself? And Jesus said, no, that, that, that's the wrong question. The right question is, who are you supposed to be a neighbor to? Who are, you're the neighbor. Who are you supposed to be the neighbor to? And so the reality was, the way Jesus told the story, is whenever you see somebody in need, you must be the neighbor to anyone that you see in need. That's, that's the reality of this story here. Okay, so, so, but I know here's the argument that comes back from the pew right now, right? I don't know anybody with needs. I, I don't know anybody that's got a need. Everybody that knows someone in quarantine right now, raise your hand. Come on, come on, come on, show of hands, show of hands. You know, you know somebody in need. Anybody that knows someone that's had surgery or just got out of the hospital, uh, raise your hand. Anybody know anybody like that, just had surgery or just got out of the hospital? Know somebody? Yep, yep, you know somebody in need, right? Anybody, I, I, I could go on and on, but you know somebody in need. I'm telling you, everybody around you has a need of some kind, but we, but we just don't see it. I mean, we're, we kind of like to be like the priest. Like, we really don't see, I see the person, but I don't see the need. We're not, you know, we need to be a, a little bit more like the Levite to at least go check it out. But then do something about it, right? As we, as we got to see the need. Let, let, me, let, me, let me give you a couple of ideas right here, just real quick if I can. You know, you know somebody with, with, that's in quarantine right now? And, and go buy them a meal. And, and let me tell you how big a blessing it is. And, and you might say, well, but I can't afford it. You don't have to. Let me tell you, if they've been in quarantine, they're just tired of cooking. 
You know, and if they got kids, they're definitely tired of cooking. Go pick them up some Chick-fil-A nuggets and go buy a Dollar General and get them a half a pint or a half a gallon of ice cream and take it to their house. You will be king for the day, I promise you. You know, and, and if they've got kids and they're in quarantine with them, when you're at that Dollar General, pick them up a toy, a new toy, something, you know, just to give them a brand new distraction and give mom and dad about 30 minutes of quiet while they figure out this toy and tear it up and do whatever else they do with it, right? To just give them a, have you ever thought about doing something like that? Have you ever thought about what if I were in that position, what would I need? You know, or someone's just had surgery and can't change a flat tire. You know, how long does it take you to change a flat tire? You know what? Or, or a, a, a single mom or a widow that needs a flat tire changed. How long does it take you to change a tire? But, but you're, like I said, again, you're the king for the day. Because that was the most important thing for that person because, I mean, they couldn't do anything else so they got that done. So many opportunities all around us, but we don't take the time to just see the need. Here's what Jesus did. One, one, one more little point up there of what Jesus did with this, this story. Is he had a Jew walking down the road, right? He had a Jewish priest, and he had a Levite. That means he was a Jew. Okay, he was of the tribe of Levi, all right, this, temp, this temple worker. So we got three Jews, and then all of a sudden we got one Samaritan that is the neighbor. Jesus, bring up the last point, let me read it. Jesus made it a point for us to see ourselves as neighbors to people unlike us. See, it's really easy, because let me, listen, if you go home, if your kid's, or sick, you got grown kids and they're homesick, and you go buy them some food and you take it to them. You hadn't, you hadn't served anybody yet. That, that, that's, that's just kind of a given. You got to do that kind of stuff. Jesus made it a point. He chose Jews and a Samaritan. He chose. He made this story up. It didn't really happen. He made it up because he wants us to realize he didn't put us here to just bless people that look like us, act like us. Oh, man, that act like us. That's the one that really bugs me. Like I told you, the patience thing, you still doing that, you know? You know, and I, I'm, I'm wasting my time and wasting my money. Give it, that's the one that gets me. But he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't leave us here to minister to people that look like us, act like us, talk like us, even think like us. He left us here to minister to people in need. And he went out of his way to make it a point that we should be looking for people that aren't like us. This whole Christian world, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it, okay? Hurt your feelings if I have to. This whole Christian world is struggling to find people like them that I can go to church with. People like them that I can be in small group with. People like me that I can go to coffee with. People like me that I can serve with. People like me, and we're looking for people like me. And Jesus made it a point to say, look for people that aren't like you. Those are the ones that nobody else wants to minister to. Those are the ones that need somebody to be their neighbor. So what are we going to do with this? Well, I'm going to pray about it in just a minute because I've been praying about it. All, I'm going to pray over you in just a minute. But i got to hit one more thing before we wrap this up. And that's so spiritual. Because I said, you know, everybody's got needs. Well, what about spiritual needs? You know, I, 
Y'all know where, everybody knows where a Dollar General is? <laughs> right? We all know where a Dollar General is. Any, anybody know where a Jack's is? <laughs> okay, so you got, you got lunch, <laughs> ice cream, and toys. You got it covered. You know how to do that, right? But what we struggle with sometimes is, but how do we do the spiritual side? Like, what about somebody that doesn't know Jesus? I don't know how to do it. Can I give you a crash course right here real quick, okay? Let me, tell you how to, let me tell you how to witness. Let me tell you how to be uh, Jesus to somebody, uh, to evangelize, okay? Two things, two steps, real quick. Number one is tell your story. Just tell your story. You don't have to preach my sermon. Don't preach Brent's sermon. Don't preach Kurt's sermon. Tell your story. Don't even tell Jamie's story that she shares on some, a lot of Sunday mornings, little parts of it. Don't, don't, don't tell her. Tell your story. Why, why are you a Christian? That's all you have to do is open your mouth and just tell, just tell somebody, I, I, I go to church because of da-da-da-da-da. I was in this small group because of this and this. I, I, I've, I'm blessed because of this and this. This is what Jesus has meant to me. Just tell your story. It doesn't, it doesn't take a whole sermon. Just tell your story. But then here's this other thing. You know, anybody ever heard of Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10? Some people are giggling a little bit, you know, because... Y'all hear it from me a lot. There's two reasons. One is because it is my absolute favorite to share with people about how to become a Christian. The second reason is because I think it's the simplest. And so if I say it enough, you're going to finally get it in your head that, hey, I can share that with somebody because I've heard my pastor say it so much, I know how to say it. And this is the paraphrase of it. Read it, okay? Read it. Read it. And you'll see. This is, the par this, this is what it says. It basically says, if you believe Jesus is exactly who he says he is, and you're open about it, then you're saved. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God who, who died on the cross for your sin and he rose again on the third day, that's who he says he is. If you believe that, and then you're open about it, you'll tell people, I believe, I, I, I'm a Christian. That's all it takes to be saved. Acting on that faith in your heart. Read the scriptures right there, okay? But I, and, and, and instead of digging into it every single Sunday that I throw this out here, the reason I say it like this is because I want you to get it in your heart and in your mind so that you can share it. That that's, that's basically how you help people find Jesus. Tell your story and tell them it's that simple. Romans, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you just believe Jesus who he says he is, and you're open about it, tell somebody, change your status on Facebook, whatever, I'm a Christian, or whatever those kinds of, whatever it is, that's all it takes. So what are we going to do with this? And I know, I know, I know sometimes we, we kind of get it backwards, or we kind of get confused with it, and I get some people say, but pastor, the, the, the Bible tells us we aren't saved by our works. Yes, Exactly. That doesn't mean we get saved and there's nothing that happens after that. Last little thing for you, and I promise I'm wrapping up. This is it. We aren't Christians because of what we do for people around us. Nope, that doesn't make you a Christian. But we do good for people around us because we are Christians. And you see, when you become a Christian, when you do start believing Jesus is exactly who he says he is, and you're open about it, something inside of you is going to start trying to get out through your mouth, through your hands, through your feet, some way or another to minister to somebody. 
It's going gonna, it's gonna to be trying to bust out. It's going to be... It's going to be trying to, to claw its way out, to get out, to minister to people around you because you can't hide what Jesus has put inside of you. If you're passionate about it, you're going to have to help somebody. You're going to have to find somebody. You've got to find a flat tire to change or a, a, a single mom with kids to, to bless or minister to. You're going to have to find something to do once you become a Christian. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at Church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.